Hey, everyone. Wow, that was really loud. <laughs> yeah, boy. Wow. I guess you can tell I'm excited. Yeah. We're back. It's the Chips and Bits podcast, your favorite video game podcast. He also has a giant erection right now. That's how else I can tell. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, I'm your host this month, Matthew Anderson. With me with jokes, as always, Kenny Myers. <laughs> That's... Th- hi. We... Uh, we're glad to be back. We we're coming back with a with a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Also known as Horizon Zero Dawn. After the Last Guardian. After the Last Guardian, yes. But before we get into that, uh, interesting that you called it a breath of fresh air. Maybe for you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, uh, awkward pause so Kenny can cut. No, no, no! Don't you have to do our like all the stuff? I was gonna do that after the. All right. Well then, uh, just here's, shut up. Here's the intro. housekeeping uh we're on itunes and we always appreciate reviews uh even negative ones you never know when they'll turn into an advertisement for our podcast uh and then we're also on patreon and we have a couple of lovely patreons that support us every month if you would like to be a lovely patreon thank you then take your lovely self to our patreon page and click the lovely uh i don't know what button what the button says uh pledge Pledge. there we go Uh, amaze i don't know Click the pledge button just give us your money Anyways, that's all the housekeeping. Let's talk about Horizon. Let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. Let's do it. Which is a terribly titled game. It really is. It's, just, does does just it have a semicolon so in it? so stupid. It does, of course. Yeah. It's been a while since we talked about a semicolon game. Yeah, I guess maybe the semicolon games are the good games. Maybe. Well, what do we have, Last Guardian, then Doom? We haven't had a semicolon game all year. Wasn't the Bureau a semicolon game? Yeah. Yeah, so that's... well. Looks like your definition is off there slightly. Just a little, but you know, what are you gonna do? The it's the first one this year, I think, though. Maybe. Oh, yeah. that we podcasted. About? Yeah. yeah, probably. This is our first, our our annual semicolon game of the year. I'm sure there'll be more. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the art direction then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this game is the most beautiful game I've ever played. I would agree with that. Uh, and I've played games on much higher settings, like The Witcher 3, which is a gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. And it is still on a PS4 Pro, mind you, but still a PS4 better looking than any game I've ever played. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, that's the easiest way to describe it. It's the greatest looking game I've ever played. Ever played. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for now. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's some <laughs> other great games coming out. Right. Yeah, this one's the best so far. It'll be pretty hard to top this one. Yeah. Well, I, why don't you tell me about the premise? Like the story premise? Yes. So uh, this game takes place slightly, well, not even slightly, sometime after some fairly apocalyptic event right. on, on Earth. And something happened. An actual the... apocalyptic event for humanity. Yes. Yes. Uh, it involves some robots, some, some uh, technology, some AI, some robots that went rogue and started killing everyone. Right. And all that's left are some 
uh, a couple, some robots, and then some some buried robots, and a couple different bands of tribes. Uh, human civilization has reverted back to the tribal format. Right. And you play a an outcast, which in this story is what an def- outcast of a tribe. Yeah. What defines an outcast, though? How how did she become an outcast? I can't remember. Uh, she became an outcast because she wasn't born from a right. mother. Okay, yeah, she doesn't have a she doesn't have a mother. But why did the guy who's taking care of her? Why is he an outcast? Because he became a death seeker and went out and left. Like, there's a ritual involved yeah. that involves him. He's not supposed to return, but he returns, and they just like him so much that they make him an outcast without. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty complicated to explain. It really is. Yeah. But it's really good. It really is. Yeah. yeah. When you experience it, you're just like, oh, that's cre- incredible. Yeah. So you step into this story. Uh, you go through a little bit of a, an intro or a prologue where you're a young girl and yep. you're kind of coming of age. And then I think you're 19-ish. Um, Sounds that, about right. That's where the story picks up. And yep. you've got some hunting skills. You've got some sweet bows and arrows and, yep. and tools. And uh, you go on this amazing adventure in a world where there are dinosaur-style robots that you're killing with old-fashioned tools. Yep. Laura Turok. La- <laughs> Laura Turok. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not a bad way to sort of... Laura Turok. Get a joke in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that's the premise. Yeah. Um, the story is phenomenal. The story's great. Um, they did a really good job of... Pacing it. Yeah. Uh, I would say in the, be- in the very beginning, um, it felt a little bit... Uh, like they were trying to get show you the grandiosity of the world a little too quickly. I felt like I was Oh, and you mean you know they did that thing that the Witcher Three did that I know you hated. Yes. Which was they put you out in a world where there's people who can totally kick your ass. Yeah, they did that, do that. you can run into. Yeah, except and they, they didn't do that thing where they were like, You're gonna need to be fifty levels higher. You have to be though. But not not that bad. It's nowhere, I mean, it's, it's pretty nowhere, bad. It's nowhere near. It's as pretty bad. bad. I, I never had any problems with that. I mean, once you get to a certain point, you literally can walk everywhere in the world and get killed by most things. The problem that I had that I was going to bring up about the pacing was that it felt as if there were too many of the linear sort of story progression um, missions before all of the side, like all these side missions, got handed to you in very quick succession. Right. Um, and so it made it very difficult at first for me to decide, should I keep doing the story missions or should I do some of these side missions? After about the first quarter of the game, those all balanced out and you kind of got into the, the flow of things and it didn't yeah. matter. Um, but I didn't experience the whole difficulty issue that sounds like you did. Although you started on a much higher difficulty. I started I on very hard. And I was telling Matt a little bit, like a couple weeks ago, I, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> It was pretty hard on hard. Because it really slows down the first part of the game, which is actually pretty slow in general. Mm-hmm. But because it's just, it's not that it's actually anything becomes harder to defeat. It just takes longer to defeat. That's about it. it that That's the only real shift I noticed. Because uh, you're still doing the same techniques. It just takes forever to move on to a next place. So I was getting actually really tired and sick of that game. I actually didn't really want to continue playing it because I was just like, ugh, just, this is just a slog. And I was like, I'm going to boost down the difficulty. And that made it a lot smoother. Cool. Yeah. It just made it a lot quicker to kill things and things were moving around. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the robots. Okay. Uh, so, the, again, the robots are these takes on dinosaurs. They basically look like robotic dinosaurs. Yep. And, and um, robotic mammals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. 
just prehistoric. They're like robotic prehistoric things. Yeah. Um, they they have all different cloths. Some of them are water creatures. Some of them fly. Some of them they all have weaknesses. So some of them are weak to fire. Some weak to ice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Typical game mechanic stuff. Um, but uh, I was particularly fond of how you had to fight them through the with the elements. I thought right. they did a really good job of that in this game. Instead of just bullshit that you never use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and usually elemental stuff. Those is... things are integrated into the crafting system as well. Yeah. Uh, and so depending on how you choose to play the game, there's some benefit to you uh, either taking advantage of it to kill the robot yeah. or using these harvesting mechanics that they also have in which you can basically tear these components off of the robots and then salvage them for yourself, even if you don't kill the robot. You, can you know what I wish I did sooner in the game, actually? What? The Hunter's Lodge. I actually did those last. Oh, really? And the Hunter's Lodges uh, were these missions where essentially they give you little mini things to do with the dinosaurs. And they, it's how they teach you how to take down certain dinosaurs. Yeah. So I never actually had that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's how you take down a bellow back when not spend, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes unloading on its tank. Yeah. But it was uh, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, and well, I it was really easy to do when I did it. Yeah, well, most of most of the robots, once you figure out, uh, if, assuming you have the right weapon and the yeah, right they're ammo, like a, they're like a puzzle more than uh, a grind. Yeah, and actually, the the, the difficult part except becomes, for the fucking stormbird. That fucking thing is a grind. It's a grind, and it's not fun to kill. Uh, I always had fun killing them. They were just very difficult. Yeah. Oh, there's a big ass spider right there. Where? Oh yeah, Daddy Longlegs. Hey, we have a, a, a co-host. Nice. Would you like to be a Patreon? Yeah. No. Would uh, they might like us on iTunes? Yeah, they might. I'm like you fuckers. Uh, yeah, I like the Stormbirds. Uh, they were fun because you, you had to basically just throw the kitchen. Sink Everything at was them. fun to kill. That was a dinosaur. Yeah, and so oh, what humans I was, weren't that fun to kill. What I was going to try and squeak in there, we'll talk about humans. What I was going to try squeak. and squeak in there was uh, the only difficult part about the uh, puzzles that were the robots, were that eventually there's like twenty four different kinds of them, I think. Right, and that becomes the most difficult part is keeping track of which ones have which weaknesses, uh, and the the one of the gripes I have with this game was the sort of uh, weapon switching. Uh, system. There really isn't one once you equip the four main weapons that you want to have. Yeah. Um, it's basically the whole pause, sw- swap something out from your inventory sort of trick. Right. And there were so many good weapons and so many good types of ammunition Yeah. that, uh, that there were some times when I just really wanted to have a certain bow or a certain bomb or something. And it got really hard to keep track of all those things in your head and constantly switch between them. Yeah. That was what I wanted to say. I initially didn't like that, uh, that I couldn't equip more weapons to do things. But I found once I got to the later game, it didn't matter because I just would unload with like three weapons that I chose. Yes. And that three or four was enough to do all the different types of damage I needed to do. I rarely used the rope caster. That one was the one I always had unequipped. Oh, I use that all the time. Never used it. Wait, is the rope caster the trip? No, that trip no, caster. That's the trip caster. Amazing. Yeah, no, I stopped using the the rope caster. Oh, how did you kill the flying thing, the glint hawks? Uh, I would just shoot their chest and then shoot it to explode. How about the big uh, the big guys, the T Rex? Uh, the I would shoot off their guns and then use that to kill them. Yeah. Okay. 
You know, my favorite way to kill the uh, the T-Rex what? was to use the rope caster. Right. You just need about five ropes once you have the Hunter's Lodge rope caster. Yep. Use about four or five ropes, rope them down, use a tear blast arrow to blast their like uh, secret compartment their that heart exposes panel. their heart. Yeah. Um, then uh, triple notch three ice arrows, fire that in there, and then triple notch three like hard point arrows, fire that in there, they're almost dead. Wow. It's, it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I got the triple notch late in the game, which I didn't realize how deadly that would be. It's Yeah, it's seriously, seriously bad. That's another thing. The upgrade system is actually pretty hard to decide what would be advantageous in the game. Yeah. There's a couple things that were pretty clear cut, like you could go through, but like it was... Uh, it was really, I, I really had a hard time picking what the next thing was. I did too. Uh, it, at first I looked at it and it, it suffered from that thing where they show you all the skills up front. Yeah. And so, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, whenever I experience that, I always feel like it's kind of like a spoiler. You know, I'm, I'm looking through it and I'm like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. Oh, why did they tell me? That's kind of exciting. Uh, but in this case, I wanted all of the things. Right. I, I wanted almost so everything. So you could plan strategically. In, in the bottom row. Yeah, but then I had a difficult time picking the path that I wanted to, um, yeah, level up because they they all seemed really good. It was uh, it was pretty funny, uh, just how the strategy changed over the course of the game. In the beginning, it's pretty much sneaking mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, and you're just being really cautious, and then by the end, you're just running out into a field full of these fucking yeah. things, and just blowing them up. Yep. Did you get the... Well, yes, you did. You did everything. I did absolutely This is everything. one of the few games that Matthew Anderson has done everything you can do in the game. That's true. That's how much he loves this game. I can't, I'm trying to think of... Did we... Did the I last one was last Infamous. One? Yep. Second yeah, Son. Infamous. And before that, so we're talking like Assassin's Creed 2, I think, is yeah. the last one. Yep. I did complete all of the like challenges in Tomb Raider, but yeah. I didn't technically get 100%. There's some things that I missed. Yeah, because they had the multiplayer component that uh, yeah. nobody wants to nobody play. Wants I don't know why that. they keep doing that. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... I thought this game was awesome. Like, I I loved Let's talk about it. the humans. Uh, okay. They're boring. So the, the, ro the roving bands of hu humans, the, those they're annoying. Um, the bandits? Yeah. Yeah. But the bandit camps, I thought, were awesome. Wait, I never ran into any roving bands of humans. Oh, really? I yeah. run, you run into them all the time. That you have to fight them? Well, yeah, if you get too close to them, they'll, they'll start fighting. Never them. had that happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I thought the bandit camps were okay. Oh, I liked them. Well, they were just boring. Hmm. Like, I played Assassin's Creed. It was, it was a, yeah, but it was different. The, the bandit camps reminded me most of, I can't remember which, it's like Splinter Cell Conviction, where... You have to like go around the camp, scope out where all the enemies are, pick an entry point, and then it's essentially how fast can you move and kill people in stealth? Because you just you, you can't stand still because people will see you. Really? Yeah, you have to pick one. Person. I literally just found spots to sit and pick off people. Oh yeah, that's not what I. Did. I didn't move stealthy at all. Yeah, I just walked through the whole thing. I mean, a testament to this game that you and I pretty much played completely different styles. Well, you can do that. For this this certain thing. Yeah, you can do that. And the way that you killed monsters wasn't the way that I killed monsters. No. And then I, there were so many... The unlockable things were pretty cool in this one. Yeah. I like games that are... Uh, if you do and find the right things, you get like super weaponry mm -hmm. and armor. I just like games that in the end, you're just so overpowered that you can do whatever you want to everyone. Well, I, this game definitely had that. Although yeah. I would argue that... Um, 
the secret suit that you've known about since the beginning of the game that you finally unlock. It yeah. would have been really cool if you just could have unlocked that maybe two or three story missions before. Oh, you mean before the... Uh... Yeah, because it's like you don't really get enough... It's not that it's... You just don't get enough time to play with it. Definitely helpful in the... Fi- I got plenty of time. Do you know what I did? I Because I didn't do any of the band. I did like two of the bandit camps and none of the corrupt zones. And then I got the armor and then I just went through and just did everything. Oh. <laughs> I could see how they would definitely. I was actually surprised design. how much I was able to get done. Cause I finished today. Like I didn't think I would finish all the side stuff, but I finished all of it. Uh, I, I didn't get a hundred percent. I don't know. I maybe I missed the data points. Now I, I'm done. Oh, okay. I'm done with horizon. This game suffered for me because I, I was under a time crunch, which made it less enjoyable for mm. me across the board. And it wasn't like I was under a time crunch playing a miserable game like The Last Guardian. Right. It was like I really would want to do more with this game and before I beat it, but I have to beat it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of a bummer in that regard. Gotcha. It will always stain the memory of Horizon Zero Dawn, this fucking podcast. That's what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I get. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what else? What else can we talk about? Uh, so the story was really well written. The main character, I thought, did a really nice job, too. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm always, I'm always, I feel like, hypercritical of... Uh, acting? The everything? voice acting. Oh, yeah. And specifically the voice, move, like the movement of the mouth. Oh, yeah. The up-closes weren't that great. It was a little uncanny valley. Yeah. So they still they still had a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, Lance Burdick shows up fucking halfway through the game. <laughs> yeah, he does. His character's great, His too. character's amazing. I think his character's the first asshole I've ever had who remains an asshole throughout the game. Yeah, and he, they really did a good job of walking that line between... Like, every single time you saw him on screen, Yeah, you were like, oh, is he going to totally fuck me over? And then he would, and you'd be like, ah, that fucking guy. And then he'd do something great, and you'd be like, well, okay, maybe he's a nice guy. And then he'd fuck you over again, and then he'd do something great. See, I never felt that. I never felt he was a nice guy, ever. No, I, nice guy is, I'm reaching. I'm just saying he was always the best version of a bad guy that you could possibly expect a terrible person to be. Yeah. And he, the way that they delivered the lines and the way that the script was written always made you feel like there was going to be some semblance of hope that at the end of the game right. he was going there was going to be some like awesome thing that happened and he changed his mind and he was a good person all of yeah. a sudden and then no no he's just a dick <laughs> he's just an asshole all the way through <laughs> it's so great yeah i mean it's so it's one of the best one of my favorite game characters yeah he it was great because of the way he was just a dick the entire way through yeah and all self-interest and he's very upfront about it mm-hmm. he's just like nope i'm just doing this so i can get knowledge and one of the main uh, story points about the game is that you're learning why humans went extinct. Yep. Uh, Which is well, not extinct, but fascinating. Is so like uh, well done. So obviously, yeah. robots destroying humanity is a as a science fiction trope. Yep. But how they came up with the solution and how dark this, oh, yeah. the actual story is, how sad it is, mm-hmm. is pretty phenomenal. Let's see if we can explain it. Let's right. do our best. So robots get these robots they build for defense yeah Mil- military this style is back robots. around 2000 2050 is there i think yep. they get um they one of their parameters is they uh use they can use biomass if they have to they can use organic matter to keep alive yeah they run out of energy and then uh a glitch gets in do they ever explain what the glitch is uh yeah they do they it's not a glitch they basically they allow the um 
they program something into him in one of the more recent versions of it that allows them to take control of other robots should, right. they, should they need to, like enemy robots. If someone sends robots at your fleet, they can reprogram, repurpose them. Right. And that just works a lot better than anticipated because they start reprogramming all of the robots. Um, but what point did they decide that they need to, they just to survive, they start eating biomass? Yeah. So they start consuming the world. And uh, the like con- people, flora, fauna, everything, yeah. and uh, uh, they they try to see if there's any hope, but there's not. And uh, this one character, Elizabeth Sobat, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sobat, <laughs> uh, comes up with the solution and brings it to the corporation that created the defense robots with the fucking actual dick in the game. Yeah, uh, Hera Enterprises, I think. Something. His name is like Jeff Hera or something like that. Yeah. And uh, the solution is everyone on Earth dies. Yeah. But we're going to build an AI to essentially regrow organic life on the planet. Yeah. Which actually changes the whole perspective of all the machines you're fighting. Because all the machines, it turns out, were actually uh, rehabilitated. They're terraforming in function. They're actually like fingers of this uh, AI. Yeah. It, it constructed good robots. Right. Only ones that weren't dangerous enough. It left the other ones away. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the the extra dark part before that, though, too, was that when everybody that's part of this mission realizes that they no one's going to survive, Yeah. but they still need some time, they tell the world that they have come up with a solution, which is Project Zero Dawn. Right. And that's going to, like, if they can just work fast enough and the military can hold off these robots long enough and they can get the smartest people in the one place, they have this super weapon that's going to destroy all the robots. Right. And they sell the whole world a bag of lies. It's just a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Essentially, billions of people are set up as a defense line for this. Yeah. Knowing that they will be destroyed. And the people they recruit to build this weapon are the smartest people in the world and do come to this place thinking, hey, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help save humanity. Yeah. And only once they get there do they find out, yeah, sorry, we lied to you. That's one of the coolest. That, that it, mission. That was amazing. Yeah. And they have a staged procedure. So first you realize that that whole thing was a lie. And then yep. they bring you to a room full of counselors. Yep. And then you can essentially die, decide whether you want to be... So this is all done through holographic flashbacks and everything. Yep. Uh, I don't know how these places still have power and can still do this. The AI probably brought yeah. it back online. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And uh, and the second stage, they give you three choices. One is you kill yourself. Yep, you can take a suicide Euthanasia, pill. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two is that you uh, can be imprisoned. You don't have to help, but you yeah. can't leave. And then three is you can you can help. You can help. And if you help... There's a special base somewhere where you and your family can go and live out the rest of your life. Right. But you're not going to be like... you're. And, gonna, but everyone's getting sterilized. Everyone's getting sterilized. Yeah. Too. So none of the choices are good. Like, they're, they're all terrible. The yeah. only altruistic version is, okay, I guess since I'm sterilized and I'm living in a space station until I die, I might as well work on this secret project and maybe I can help humanity come back hundreds of years from now. Yeah. Just, I remember walking through that sequence and just being like, how that, just one of those moments where I'm just in awe at the creativity of the people behind the story of this game. Yeah. I just don't know how you come up with that shit. I, it was so compelling. Yeah. It was just so interesting and such a great 
solution to it was just so and the, so the main character elizabeth sobat it turns out is your genetic equal yes uh and then gaia which is the ai that reconstructed the earth essentially one of its um Sub-programs, processes yeah a process designed to destroy what she created in case she messed up which she did many times many times mm-hmm. uh gets a weird signal, breaks off, and this is where all the chaos starts happening in the world. Yeah, you've got this one And we don't know where the signal's from. No. That's like the setup for the sequel. Yes. But yeah, that's yeah, it's just a totally separate aspect of the story. It'd be possible to cover the whole story in this podcast. It never it never felt I never felt it was inconclusive. Like it wasn't like that was a nice way the story felt complete. Mm -hmm. Uh but then that it was a nice dangler on the end. And even just, I mean, like, I, I'm still, I'm having flashbacks now to the final sequence where um, you walk out to the, you find the tombstone, or what was like a, there was something, you find something out in the wilderness that was Elizabeth's. It's her armor. It's her. Her armor. Yeah. You find her. Her body. Yeah, her body. Sitting on a bench. Yeah. And I just, that's, I just remember sitting there on my couch and just going like, wow, this, <laughs> this game was fucking awesome. Yeah. That whole ending sequence is just really, and just a nice touch. It would have been nice to see all the characters again. It did do something stupid where, like, you do all these side missions and all these characters appear. By the way, did you kill Nil or did you keep him alive? I kept him alive. God damn it, Matt. You should have told me that. I guess it would be without spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I told you to do that. He had one of the more interesting endings. Anyway, so I kept him alive, too. But uh, you see all these people, and it's all these side missions. And I'm like, we're here to help you. And then mm-hmm. the main final mission happens, and they're nowhere to be seen. Until, like, you're running. Until, like, there's nothing to fight. No, that's not true. You see them in the very end. Right, when you're battling stuff. Yeah. But they're like in cutscenes of their own, pretty much. No, they're, they're all throughout the battlefield. You bump into them. Right, but you don't have to fight with, the, with them. You just keep going. No, that's not true. I Did fought you alongside fought with a them? bunch of them, yeah. Oh, I didn't fight with them at all. First of all, so uh, spoiler for you, I guess, one of the achievements in the game is that you have recruited all of the possible people you can recruit. I got that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you did that, then you absolutely could have done what I did, which is as you're going through, especially once the battlefield is all ablaze, and yeah, and you'll run into a couple of those characters across the battlefield that are fighting robots yeah. by themselves. Yeah. And you have to go and like assist them for a second on the way. You don't and have you'll, to. You'll hear them be like, "Thanks" or whatever. Yeah, they just tell you to go get the dude. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I'm just saying you have the opportunity to do right. That. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Oh. I let them die at the robot's <laughs> hands so I could save the day. <laughs> uh that's funny uh yeah i don't know i don't know man i i hope i, I this game is awesome it's great so it's uh it's, it's weird that it's from the developer of Killzone. i guess it's not really though i mean like as I, I was thinking back on it definitely some of the little tricks that they pulled with uh some of the graphics in the game i can tell that they have been working on high fidelity first person shooters um but yeah the the story is what i think is most surprising from that that developer yeah um and maybe it's just you know for the killzone franchise there hasn't ever been a need for them to really right support it that much i don't really so know much, much about Killzone. i don't know why i said that yeah. do you yeah. ever play Killzone? yeah was the story good i mean it's fine yeah it's just basic it's like you know, halo it's, it's what it needs to be yeah whereas this is so rich and in-depth and there's so many different outlets and you know so so many different things they could use in sequels of games like they've they've realized this entirely new world and all of it made sense yeah it's a hard thing to pull off. No, and all the tribal gear and stuff and the religions were flawless. And, you know, another thing, too, that's, like, was really impressive was just, uh, what's the right way to describe it? They 
they it's almost like on purpose they didn't avoid little subtle uh, discrepancies between the characters like so much so many of the of the characters that are just secondary or tertiary characters have these things that you don't like about them uh, they're kind of they're kind of mean or they seem uh, what's the right word like they don't they look down on you as an outcast right so some of them talk to you like you're a lesser person right uh, and so even some of the sub stuff like the the all the different mothers yeah and how they interact with each other and how one of them thinks you're terrible and yeah. hates the other mother for helping you right and all of that just little intricate subplot uh, was so cool yeah uh, yeah I was just fascinated by how much time and how well they did with some of the characters in the game they really did it's a great game you should play it yeah everyone should play it yeah especially if you have a PS4 Pro yeah yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, anything else. No. Are there any other things you didn't like? Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I felt like travel was a bitch. It was pretty slow in the beginning. That was my biggest gripe. It took a while to get going, and then it took you like three miles high as you were running to the like next story segment. Yeah. Uh, I got a thing. Okay. I got a thing that I really just think should not have been in the game. What was it? Traps. I didn't use them at all. No, you didn't. Because they're super slow. Right. They're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And you never, the, the whole, that toggling uh, interface where you toggle through. Oh, God. The, the I can't tell you stuff. how many times I went to go get potions. Yeah. And you accidentally clicked a different thing and then healed yourself instead of this. And yeah. So I, by the end of the game, there's this mini game that I had, which was always remembering to sell off all of the things that I never wanted to toggle through so that I could remember the counts to toggle through to the health potion and always hit the health potion. So I was always just dropping traps on the ground, selling traps. I mean, uh, the ability to actually craft traps by mm-hmm. the end was just a money-making scheme for me. I would just craft them and sell them right away. Huh. Uh, I thought traps were so stupid. They were dumb. And they weren't, they weren't any better. Sorry, all of the weapons that you could use that had the same properties of the traps were way cooler, yeah. easier to use, and more fun. And you could run. Yeah. So I have no idea why traps are in the game. Do you they, know what I stopped not using? Be in the next I game. used so much in the beginning, but I didn't use it all in the end game. What? The Tripcaster. Yeah, the Tripcaster is great. But you can't really use it when you're facing the fucking T-Rex because it just runs over it. Yeah, no. It's not for the big guys. Yeah, I mean, it can't fight the birds either. It just doesn't do much good once you get to a certain point. Yeah, but I mean, that, that whole middle uh, section of the game where you'd go through some of the forests. Yeah. And the, what were the saber-tooth things? Uh, uh, the razor. Yeah. No, I thought it was Ravagers were one of them. Ravagers were one of them. The one sawtooth. That, sawtooth. Yeah. So the sawtooth, and then there'd be some some areas where you'd get like a bunch of birch trees, and there'd be like two bellowbacks. Yeah. But you didn't have the rope caster yet, and so you wanted to sort of occupy them, and you could just go around the forest and just encase them in trip wires, and then fire an arrow at them and run away. Yeah. Awesome. Like just so many of the different fun game mechanics in this game. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. It's really great. I want to say it enough times that everyone listening to this knows. That I don't this think is... this podcast was that good, though. Well, who knows? Eh, it probably well, wasn't. I think this is this is one of the greatest games I've ever played. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's pretty high praise. Yeah, it's From Matthew awesome. Anderson. Yeah. It's really good. One of my favorites. I don't know where it'll sit in the history of things, but yeah, it was so nice to play this game, especially because, you know, there was The Last Guardian and so many other games lately where it's just like, uh, just this game. You loved the games nice. we played before. Not this much. You didn't love Doom this much. No. But and Doom was super pretty fun. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom was pretty good. Yeah, but Matt this, really loved this game. This is great. This game is awesome. Yeah. Well, good there point. you go. I mean, what more do you need? Nothing. 
Like I said, I, I feel like sometimes when we do these podcasts, there we, we don't banter as much because, you know, there's nothing to really gripe on or harp about the game being stupid or dumb in some way. Yeah. Um, and so then I always have this sort of a, a weird thing where I also want to make sure I do a good enough job of saying just how good the game is. Because if I just talk about all the cool stuff, but I sound, you know, monotone yeah. about it. Uh, I don't want anyone to think it's just an average game. This is an exceptional game, so I have to say that like a million times. Good. Well, now everyone knows. Great. All right. My job here is done. Not quite. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Better do an outro. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone, as always. Mm-hmm. We're always glad to have you. Uh, we'll be back again next month. Uh, what are we podcasting about? Civilization oh, 6. Oh, yeah. Interesting. That should be an interesting one. Yeah. We're going to talk about Civilization 6. History lesson. It's been around for a while, so we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, I've been your host this month, Matthew Anderson. And over there, Kenny Myers. That's him. Thanks again, everyone. See you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.